Hey, everybody. Welcome to Athlete on Fire. Scott Jones, your host. Uh, Athlete on Fire has been a podcast or some some type of brand since 2014. Uh, sat up in my dad's bedroom on a Saturday afternoon and recorded the first episode with a crappy little microphone just to see if it was something I could figure out from a technical standpoint and it worked out it's pretty cool um i still have that episode to this day somewhere in the archives so you can check that out i'm going to get into the video piece a little bit more i think it's going to be fun to bring people on and uh definitely going to be recording a lot more it's evolved over the years and i have a format i want to follow kind of a format i want to follow seems interesting to me um i'm very scatterbrained so i need a little structure even though it's not going to feel like it's very structured uh but it's evolved from interviewing you know like world-class athletes and adventurers in every sport uh, it got into more of the the adventure and endurance athletes. I just I just found that people who go spend hours and hours in the mountains on the trails in their training have lots of time to think about what they think, um, and it made for really really good conversations. And then I kind of got into the sports myself, and um, I was missing the competition and the training for things that I had as a high school and college athlete. And uh, it's been great. It's been a really cool world. Most people are really amazing in this world. And, you know, I still have my foot in team sports stuff, coaching my kids and, and uh, training athletes in those worlds as well. But a lot of it's in the endurance world. And the goal of Athlete on Fire, as it has evolved, is just to share the adventures I've had in life and business and, and the friends and networks that are a part of my life right now and bring those guys and gals on, um, doing more short form stuff just to keep keeping a loop and then just work on this muscle of getting in front of the, the camera and being able to talk coherently. And, and for me, it's just a way to formulate my own thoughts and feelings about the world around us and, and usually keeping it pretty positive and keeping it in that adventure and family and business and entrepreneurial world, lots of training advice along the way. Uh, of course I have my master's in exercise science. I've been coaching for over 20 years, which is freaking crazy, which by the way, shout out to, uh, Daggone, I don't have his name in front of me. I met a guy out of the Moab 240, which is a 240-mile race uh, in Moab, Utah. And I was out there volunteering for a couple of days. And I, I, we were talking about coaching and training and stuff. And I told him I, I'd been coaching him for 20, 20 years, and he he did double take. So he thought there's no way that I could have been coaching that long because um, he thought I was a lot younger, guys. That's a good thing. Anyway, um, today I'm going to bring on a buddy and a client who is uh, out of Oregon, uh, Redmond to be exact. And we kind of hit it off a year ago with a story we'll share. He's been training himself and his wife, who are both clients of mine right now. Um, we've become really good friends. We've we've hung out on both coasts of the, in the States and um, had some crazy adventures together. He's He's got a lot of background in leadership and he's coached youth sports. His kids are are both in high school, high school athletes. So we'll bring him on, talk a little bit about leadership and have a fun story to share about how how we first met and, and uh, how it kind of shaped our relationship. So we'll bring him on here in a second. I'm always going to do a shout out to my family. Um, I'm creating some technology in, in the audio space right now as we speak that's going to launch fairly soon. And the whole idea is that like we all deserve meaningful audio. And I you know, my kids are too young to want to or care to listen to to what I do professionally right now. But I just have a feeling like one day, you know, I know my, I lost my dad. I know, I know that for a fact, if if my dad would have had a podcast when he was in the middle of his peak profession, that he would have def I would definitely have listened to what he had to say and what his thought processes were. So I'm going to I'm going to talk to and about my, my family a lot on this thing. Um, so shout out. We got a shout out for both of my boys. We got Wyatt and West. Wyatt's 11. West is nine. 
and they've been working really hard on, on certain things. But uh, one thing I'm really proud of them right now is they wanted a treehouse. They wanted me to be, build a treehouse. We moved out to the mountains right in the smack dab middle of COVID. April 3rd is when we closed on this house in 2020. And it's a perfect yard for a treehouse. I knew it was. I knew they'd want it. We talked about it. You know, it kind of came along with the dog because we had a big yard. And it was in the middle of COVID. And like prices for wood were, were I don't know. 50 X it was, it was something stupid, like a, a, a sheet of four by eight wood that I could get for, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour, even before COVID was like $90. It was a, it was a real thing. And I, and I kindly told my children that there's no way in the world they were going to get a uh, $2,000 treehouse. So there's lots of scrap wood on the property. And finally, I, you know, I, I never want to be the dad who says he's going to do something and never, never follows through. I could just imagine. And uh, I don't know. 15 years when they're adults talking about the treehouse I never built them. So got the wood, got all the stuff figured out, uh, filled in the blanks from the scrap that I didn't have. We're using all this, all this uh, warped wood to build this little thing. And I let them help design it. They designed like a four by eight, basically giant shoe box that you could get on top. And there's like a little trap door from underneath. It's really cool. I'll, uh, I'll share some pictures on the socials and they came out there and they, they drove the, they drove the build out. I did a lot of the big stuff without them just from a safety standpoint. But when we got into like just drilling and uh, teaching them how to use uh, how to use some of the tools and how to square things up and how to use the level and, you know, by no means is it perfect, but I had a lot of really good quality time with my grandfather and building stuff and just passing that stuff down. They're, they're willing participants, which is pretty, pretty sweet. So Wyatt West, good work on, on uh, working hard and trying to build something that you really really want and uh you know that those lessons of working hard for something and, and knowing that you can't build a friggin' treehouse overnight was just kind of uh kind of important and then quick shout out for a couple clients um i got katie and bailey who went out and tried their hardest to keep their bodies together uh at Havilena 100 which is 100 miler down in in arizona it's five 20 mile loops always the last weekend of October and uh, Bailey came out with a hundred K to her name and Katie came out with a hundred miler to her name. So freaking impressive just to get out there and see what their bodies were, were able to do. And uh, we'll be talking to those ladies on the show soon as well, um, which is a good segue to my dude, Kale Pearson, who's got the creepiest freaking background right now. What the hell are we looking at here? Is that uh, is that That's the it clown it. right there? That's the it from Stephen King. Remember that? Oh yeah. My, my kids are obsessed with it and they've never seen, it. I think so many kids at the middle and elementary school level talk about this from having older siblings and parents that talk about, it. I've never seen it. I don't like scary movies. I'm good. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it either. I saw it when I was, yeah, I, I just, we had a uh, Halloween themed meeting not too long ago. So it was still on there as my background. I thought it would be <laughs> good entertainment for you it's great. well that balloon like i said i've never seen the movie i know there's a scene where like the balloons hanging out of the sewer or something like that we were walking yep. around trick-or-treating the other day and there's a balloon hanging out in in front of somebody's yard over the over the, the wash off sewer thingy and my kids thought it was hilarious anyway kale what's up man hey introduce yourself really quick because i'm doing these these shows and uh bringing on friends and networks and family and stuff and uh you know we know each other really well but let's introduce yourself to the to the audience here sure appreciate that uh, Kale Pearson, uh, you know, professionally, a couple different things, run a freight brokerage, uh, 
if you don't know what that is, we move things that that are in stores. You know, it could be anything from groceries to paper products to heavy equipment, um, industrial stuff, steel lumber. You know, a little bit anything that that moves on a truck, we'll move it. And then as well, leadership development. Real, really big into developing people's leadership skills through Crestcom with our program and just trying to trying to make an impact however small I can in this world and help develop more people and and keep that process going and um, you know also like to trail run obviously that's how we met and um, Scott's my coach been shoot a year now I think a little yeah, over you exactly just about yeah um, you know just getting out there and it's pretty amazing community um, I was with you watching Havelina updates and uh, Dave actually sent me the uh, the live tracker on Jen so I could watch it really, you know, in real time, just <laughs> in the schoolie. Um, but just, you know, love the community, love what people are doing and uh, putting themselves out there, like-minded people and I'm excited to see what we're going to do here today. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. For, for literally two, two guys who come from like kind of team sports background with, with our kids and stuff that we did back in the day to go to a sport as adults, that is probably the least spectator friendly sport on, on the face of the planet earth here. Um, I mean, you're waiting 20, 30 hours for somebody to yeah. cover distance, but you know, you're just kind of curious if they're still in the fight because you know, crap happens out there. DNFs happen all the time with this distance and has nothing to do nothing it has nothing to say that people weren't prepared it's just part of the deal like you can have a bad you can have a bad day on the trail like you can have a bad day anywhere else and uh i don't know me and kale have always man we hit it off really really quick as far as just being friends right off the bat and i have a we're gonna tell a fun fun story on how our friendship was kind of set up i've told we've told the story a bunch but not on athlete on fire um and then just the fact that we both like even though we're in completely different industries like the leadership aspects of coaching and what you do in a business setting it all translates well so me we've always kind of brainstormed things back and forth and shared you know frustrations in in both worlds and ways that we can get better um and it's just good to have people that are pushing me in different ways and uh and i get to push you in in different ways as well physically which is pretty cool so yeah setting it up and I'm going to let you tell a story in your way and I'm going to tell it mine and we'll both probably talk a little shit uh, along yep. the way, which is hilarious. But uh, <laughs> last year, last September, I, I put on this trail camp uh, through becoming ultra up in the the high Rockies here in Colorado. And it's, it's always just epic time. We have people coming from all over the country to, to just go hang out and uh, learn a little bit about themselves and about trail running and, and all that good stuff. And there's always one day that we do a, a really long effort and sometimes it's a big loop, so it's easy to manage. And sometimes it's an A to B, which is a little easier, a little less easy to manage because you're dealing with, you know, making sure you have a sweeper to keep everybody in in the right spot and stuff. So uh, that's the setup. I'm going to let you tell the story first, and I'm going to tell the tell my version. We'll see how close we are because we've both done it. We've done this a few times. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So when we were going to trail camp, I think the longest I'd ever done was 15 miles. And this was going to be an 18 miler on the third day, I believe, you know, so we had a lot of miles in front of that. Um, in the high country, obviously, I think our base was at 9000 feet elevation and we we're doing the Colorado Trail, like you mentioned, and we had been split up into groups based on kind of how everybody had done the previous couple of days. And um, my wife, Megan and I and, and Muriel um, and Christy were, were the 
the quote unquote slow group that day. Um, and we just started out cruising, um, you know, a beautiful day. I mean, picture perfect day, really. And we were just kind of getting into it. I don't even know if we were three to four miles in really. And Scott came back to us and was like, man, we're going to turn you guys around at the halfway point. Um, and, you know, it was a really quick conversation and then he took off. Um, instantly I was pissed cause I was like, I didn't come all the way here to, to do whatever the halfway was. I think it was 12 miles or something like, or yeah, something like that. Um, you know, I came to do the 18. I think I told you, I was like, Hey, we're pacing fine. Um, you know, I always finish faster, those sorts of things. And then, and then you took off. Um, and then when you took off, I looked at Megan and, um, this is, I could probably say it this way. Cause this is how I said it. Um, I said, that motherfucker's testing me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I was still pissed cause I'm competitive. Um, and we were going pretty slow. We'd taken some breaks and, you know, probably a little more than we should as a group. Cause we were just trying to stay together. Uh, cause we early in trail camp, I think we had a couple stragglers wander off or get lost. So we were trying to be good, uh, teammates on the trail. And, um, but once, once he took off, um, I put my poles up, looked at Megan and she's like, just go. And so I took off running and, you know, a little bit further up, caught up with you and, and, um, re re told that story to you. And, um, you know, I think your response to me was like, if you're ever in a race and the, um, race director says he's going to pull you, just do the same damn thing. Just, yep. just take off and just go. Um, because I think so much of it is, it's like, what is the fight that's in that person and are they willing to fight for it? And so I think it was an awesome moment. Um, we ended up finishing, um, and getting done. I don't know. I think it was right at six hours. I want to say, I think that was our goal time yeah. as a group. So, um, felt good. We did pick up pace, but that was the concerns were legit. Cause you know, there was some serious climbing in there that we had, um, before we got to the top. And so that's certainly going to be slower than even just a normal, just kind of power hike on flat ground. So there yeah. you go. Oh, I love it. And there's just, there's some lessons in there. And, uh, and that's why we, I think that's why we've told this story so many times. And, and a couple of the lessons, first of all, like at a trail camp, it's a different experience than working one-on-one -on -one with, with an athlete. Like if, if it was just you and Megan out there and, and I said, Hey, this is the goal. Let's see what you got. Like it, it, the dynamic would have been different, but I didn't know you guys for more than a couple of days at that point. Like we were just hanging out at the camp. So the point wasn't like to, to throw you under the bus. But one of the lessons is, uh, from, a, from a coaching standpoint, one thing I, I do, and it's probably obvious to you guys by now is like, I don't, I don't give you everything you need to go do a certain thing. Like there's, especially as adults in the, in what we're trying to get out of these efforts, whether it's at the gym or going for a long run or even training for some team sports stuff is like, you've got to figure some of it out on your own. And that's, that's what makes you a better athlete and it makes you more resilient. And, uh, there, there were some things working against you. We've had, we've had runners at these camps that were legitimately, like stragglers and would have had almost an impossible time getting up that big climb that you had at the end. So I gave one of our volunteers and pacers like enough information, like, Hey, this is where it needs to go. And so she was part of your pacing group and you guys probably had more in the tank than that. Um, but yeah, just, just understand, like just being able to adjust on the run and change your intensity is, is exactly what you guys did. But I did love it because I, I told you guys and I saw you getting irritated and I didn't know you yet. And, uh, 
like deep down, like that shit just makes me laugh. And mm-hmm. it's part of probably why I've been coaching so long. Like you just love making people work, you know, and I love working myself. So I told you that then I sprint up, like I run a pretty good little clip for about a mile and I go hide behind these trees to see if you guys are going to make it or not. And I was watching you and your poles were gone. You're holding them in your hand. Now you weren't using them for like a joy hike or anything like that. And you're hammering pretty good. And, uh, and your wife and Muriel are a little bit behind you, but they're still, they're moving pretty well too. And, uh, and that's when you caught up to me and we had that, that discussion, but I just, I love it. Cause, uh, you're like, you, you thought I was testing you. It wasn't necessarily a personal test, but it was, it was a test all in all. And uh, it was just kind of a fun, a fun memory. Yeah. Um, and that whole idea of like, I don't know, being, being adamant about getting to, from, from A to B, especially during races, um, happens in business all the time, man. Like I, th- I, this, these things happen to me all the time. And I think it's like a sign that I need to push harder to get through something to get to the other end where, where the benefit's going to be. But I feel like the world sometimes conspires against you to make you want to quit things. It happens every other week for me. Um, yeah. so that lesson in and of itself is freaking huge. Like just because somebody else is telling you something, I mean, you could have done a big F you and said, Hey, I don't care about your pace. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. This is my experience. It probably would have worked out to your benefit too, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love that story. What? So taking that story into some of your world of leadership, um, and this will be the last thing we do today. Uh, is there any, is there anywhere that that applies to your day to day and things that you're trying to pass down to clients and in, in your world? Oh man, it's, uh, it's probably every day because I'm, I coach or, you know, manage a lot in the same ways where it's like, I'm going to give you enough, but I have to know that you have it within you to take it to that finish line. Because I mean, I had a conversation with the, somebody that I work closely with a couple months back and, you know, it was the one thing with me when I'm working with people is I'm going to be very honest. Um, and it was, we'd had some very honest conversations and it, and it kept escalating politely and professionally, but it was like, it finally came down to where it's like, if I'm doing all this and I'm paying you to do it, that's not going to continue to work because it's like, I I've hired you to do a certain thing and I need you to do it and I'm empowering you and I'm helping you and I'm guiding you, but I can't also do it. Right. Um, you know, and, and I've seen that person respond well, um, you know, I've seen other people say, you know what, it's not for me. And, and either way we've moved off of center. And I think that's the biggest thing in leadership is like, we have to know where we are. Um, are we, are we wanting to move and push harder? Um, you know, in, with leadership, one of the things too, I, I really push people to take care of themselves too. Cause I see it a lot where, and I've lived it where I haven't taken care of myself like I do now, but it's so important for us to show up. Um, ready. And if we're not doing that, we're doing ourselves and everybody we're working with a disservice. So, you know, I coach people hard to work hard, but also take care of themselves and do the things so that they can be there. Um, so they don't have those Sunday scaries when they, when they start thinking about work the next day, it's like, maybe they're excited, um, about something that's upcoming and who they work with or what they're doing. And it's so critical to have that well-rounded approach because, Megan and I have a saying, I think I actually adopted it from her and is how you do one thing is how you do everything. And, you know, you can't be all in on one thing and then not all in on other things. So it's important to, to build that muscle. Um, you know, and, and right now in the climate is from a business perspective, 
There's a lot going on with the economy. Um, you know, it's definitely slowing. It's going to bring its own set of challenges. You know, you still have unemployment really low, but you have businesses that are going to start doing layoffs. Um, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on out in, in the economy that we have to know where we're going and, and why it's important. Um, because if not, it's easy to quit and give up. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And and that's why I think it's important for, for adults, especially to go find things that are in and of themselves really, really challenging. So that when the really challenging things come and happen to you, you're, you're already working that muscle. Like you said, that's yeah. huge. Awesome, man. So, Hey, do you have a couple more minutes? I'm going to go through the, my little list here. And uh, if you have some feed, you might have some feedback on a couple of these things you want to sure. hang out for three or four. Okay, cool. All right. So on all these, I'm going to, I'm going to share some, some training advice or a set or something like that. I'm pretty sure you've done these in your training. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Lunge miles. Have you done those yet? Yeah. Okay. So for people listening, here's how, this is how you do lunge miles. And this is why we do them. Um, first of all, it's to run on tired legs without having to go do 30 miles in a day. So if you live, if you live somewhere, you know, I've done this with a lot of Florida and Texas runners um, as clients. If you live somewhere like Florida and you're going to go do a big mountain race like Leadville or something in Colorado or out here, and uh, sand is a great tool stairs at the condo in the in the ballparks are, are, are a good tool the bridges are okay but you just can't get the same type of fatigue that you would get on a big mountain so um i came up with these lunge miles a couple years ago and basically how i do it with, with runners is, is every mile you get 10 lunges on each leg you can do step back lunges you can do traveling forward lunges you can, you can do lunge jumps i don't care i just want your glutes fired off I want your quads getting a little more tired and I want you to get out of that set as quick as you can back into your next mile. So for somebody like Kale, who's doing a lot of volume right now, it might be seven miles of lunge uh, mile lunges, which would be 70 lunges per leg by the time you're done. And it doesn't seem like a lot in the beginning, but it definitely it adds up and it teaches you how to push through some tired legs that you're manufacturing in a shorter set. Um, for people who aren't endurance athletes and you want to implement something like this, hopping on a treadmill in the winter time and doing a quarter mile or like a two minute set and then hopping off and doing five to 10 lunges per leg for 30 minutes instead of for a really long time would be, it would be the same stimulus with a little bit different goal. Cause you'd be pushing a little harder, but that's the stimulus you're looking for. That's the goal. If you guys give it a shot, start with like three to five miles. Um, if you are runners and, and just see what that feels like. Uh, most people know how to do lunges with good form. I'm not going to dive in on that too much, but that's the set. So since I do have a client right here, who's done this set before, what, the first time you did it, what was, uh, what was your takeaway? And, uh, and if you've done it since then, um, have you gotten better at it and has it gotten easier mentally? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, it's so hard with, with these long distances to create that, that fatigue that you get, you know, mile 25 and past, or with, when, you know, like tell you ride the big vert when you're getting, you know, 5,000 feet of vert in a short amount of time. So it's really hard to recreate that um, and know how your your body and your mind is going to respond. Um, so I liked it because it did fatigue quicker in a different way. Um, you know, and I think it's just, again, having those experiences to draw back on um, when you are in a hard spot. It's like, hey, I've done hard things before because usually our mind quits so much earlier than our body's willing to. Oh, yeah. um, or needing to. And um, so I, I enjoyed it. You know, I'm kind of, I don't know if you call it sadistic in a way. I like those things that challenge me um, because we just don't know how much we have that we don't utilize or use 
um, unless we're tested. Yep. So I really enjoyed it. Love it. All right, give that a shot. And then I got one last thing before we wrap up. I'm going to try to get some kind of resource that I'm kind of into or, you know, mostly from the tech side or things that we can find online. Um, I, this, it's a really popular resource right now, but I think a lot of people still don't know about it. Substack is a, is a writer is a longer form place where you can write and do like blog style writing without having to have your whole own website for people who want to just get in and share their thoughts. And, um, you know, I really like writing. I've never committed myself to it. Like I need to, for, from a business standpoint, I know it's really important for, for creating content and good copy, but to share stories in that medium is, is always going to be powerful, I think. So Substack is pretty cool. You can subscribe to people. You can support people. It's kind of like a Patreon um, mashup because you, you can charge people for your content or you can give that option. I'm actually about to dive in on this bad boy. I think this would actually be really good for you, Kale, because you, yeah, in, in your world, you're trying to think about how you think about things and that sounds goofy but like until you articulate either in a conversation like this or on paper um i think things become a lot clearer so it might be something really good for you but i'm gonna start writing under athlete on fire over there and uh seeing if i can put some coherent sentences together on paper who the heck knows not very bright so it's gonna be a nice little challenge but there's lots of good things to read in there from training principles to business a lot of entrepreneurial stuff that i love so go check that out substack.com and uh yeah we'll share some of those resources every time we hop on here um is there anything out there that you that you're like that you've started using or or a unique resource that people might not know about i know i'm putting you on the spot here but yeah um well i haven't heard of substack so i'll have to check it out um trying to think if there's a resource you know i i think what i just try to do is is stay up with with trends you know linkedin is is pretty well known just to see what's out there don't necessarily post a lot of stuff, but um, just you can see the sentiment in the market always changing based on where the economy is. And I've always tried to be ahead of it. Um, I'll give you an example that I that I was talking to um, one of my coworkers about recently that, you know, a year ago in transportation, it was all about growth and top line revenue and all this stuff. And nobody cared about making money which I've always cared about making money because if you don't make money, you can't keep the lights on long-term. Yep. But in that space of transportation, there's a lot of private equity money. There's a lot of funding going on about a year ago where people were just chasing that top line growth. Um, and now it's flipped to where it's like, oh, you got to make money. And it's so funny because I've, I've always said you, you chasing the top line is fine for, as long as you're able to increase the bottom line too. And, you know, so I'm always just trying to read into how easily we are to give into what's being marketed to us. Right. And I'm always trying to like dig a layer or two or 10 deeper than what they're telling me and what their objective is. And so for me, it's, I, I love that the complexity of business from that standpoint. And you see a lot of that, in LinkedIn because it's just people's thoughts. Um, so it's probably similar to what you're saying with Substack. No, that's cool. Yeah. I, was, I used to spend a lot of time on LinkedIn early on. And um, there's a point where I just considered myself unemployable where I was like, maybe I'm just wasting time over here because <laughs> I'm such a pain in the ass, man. I, I, we, we, we love our freedom in the, in the Jones household. And uh, there's a lot of hustle and a lot of chaos, but at the end of the day, it, it does pretty, does pretty well. So um yeah, I've been on there. I have to get back on that bad boy. 
Yeah. Awesome, Kale. And uh, listeners, thank you guys so much for um, for joining us. I, I got away from Athlete on Fire for a while because it's building Becoming Ultra, something I'm still passionate about and we're going to continue to build. Um, but yeah, get, hop back on there. Athlete on Fire is where you can find us on all the podcast shows, obviously. And uh, subscribe. Give us a little love. We haven't asked for reviews in probably two years. So if you want to get a review, it helps us get out there to a little bit more of uh, an audience out there. So really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kale. Thank you.